Well, God bless you. Welcome to the wonderful Words of Life radio program. I want to ask you a question. Are you born again? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you'd go to heaven? And what makes you think that if you were to die today, you would go to heaven? There was a man, a religious man. His name is Nicodemus, and we'll be in John chapter 3. He thought that he was ready for heaven. But Jesus told him, no, you are not ready for heaven. And we're going to look at this today. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come to you. We humble ourselves before you. Father God, we just ask you, Lord, hallelujah, to minister to us today out of your word. And Father, we'll give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. John chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man was a top. We could, we could say it this way. He was a top leader in the religious world of Israel. The same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with you. Notice Jesus did not even answer. He didn't even recognize what Nicodemus said to him. But he said this, Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot see the kingdom of God, meaning that he does not have the ability. He doesn't have the strength. He doesn't have the know-how. He's not qualified uh, to see uh, the kingdom of God. Now think about that. Here's Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews. That means he was in the top echelon of the religious order in Israel. He was a representative. Maybe there were other Pharisees that chose Nicodemus to come to Jesus at night because they wanted to inquire about this man called Jesus. And maybe that's the reason why Jesus didn't answer of the statement that Nicodemus made. Maybe he, maybe Jesus knew exactly why he had come. Jesus knows all things, my friend. He knows our going forth. He knows our backsliding. He knew us before we were ever known in our mother's womb. He knows all about us. The hairs of our head he has counted. He knows them. He knows our rising up. He knows our laying down at night. He knows everything, every minute detail, every thought, every word, every action. He knows it all. As a matter of fact, God knows so much about us that if he were to appear before you and I and, and look upon us, uh, he would see right through us. He doesn't know anything about pretense. He's not a pretentious type of person. He knows you and he knows me. He knows who we are and he knows what we are. But the key is this. He loves us. And he chose to love us before this world was ever made, before you and I were ever thought of in our mother's womb. He had already chosen to love us. 
And he sent Jesus to be a propitiation for our sin. And not for our sin only, but for the sin of the whole world. And let me tell you something. Religion is not going to help you. Now, it might help you in, in certain areas. But when it comes to the power of God, when it comes to the reality of scriptural truth, religion uh, is not equipped to help you. Only Jesus can help you. Only the word of God that teaches us and shows us by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit who this man Jesus is and what he's willing to do for you and I, that helps us. And notice Jesus said to this religious leader, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And we use the word saved a lot. When people say I'm saved, they're, what they're really saying is that I've been born again. Now, all people that say they're saved, uh, they have to have works that coincide with what they say. You can't be saved and live like the devil. Now, there are a lot of people who are saved that are not living very close to the Lord. They're living very lukewarm lives. I understand that. Very carnal lives. I understand that. But there is a New York second when a person opens up his heart and he says, Jesus, I believe that you're my savior. Come into my heart and life now. At that point, amen, through faith, God comes in and he changes you and he changes me. And so when Jesus says you must be born again, he wasn't talking about confirmation. He wasn't talking about church membership. He wasn't talking about water baptism. He wasn't talking about partaking of the sacraments. He wasn't talking about being religious or being a good person. He wasn't talking about uh, receiving Jesus in our mind, receiving the historical Jesus. Yeah, I, well, I believe Jesus. I believe he was a person. Jesus wasn't talking about going to church. He wasn't talking about praying, reading the Bible, being a morally good person. He wasn't talking about doing good deeds. He wasn't talking about trying to be a good person. He wasn't talking about looking out for your neighbor or your friends. He was talking about a confrontation. When God gets in your face, so to speak. And the Holy Spirit begins to convict our heart. What are we going to do with that? What are we going to do with that? All these qualities that I mentioned, Nicodemus would have possessed each and every one of them. But it wasn't enough. Jesus said, you, Nicodemus, you must be born again. But think about this. The thief on the cross didn't possess any of these qualities. But yet hanging on that cross, he looked to Jesus and he said, Master, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That little bit approach drawing near to the Lord Jesus by faith qualified him to be with Christ in paradise.
Think about that. Oh, friend, I'm telling you, we're selling the Lord Jesus short. And if you're within the sound of my voice and you've never asked Christ to come into your heart and life, please tell me, what, what are you waiting on? Well, I've got things I've got to do. Well, I'm not ready to give up yet. Will you be ready one second after you leave this world? It'd be too late then, my friend. Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, I say to you, except a man be born of water and of the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, what was Jesus talking about? Water represents natural birth. Spiritual. Think about this now. Being born of the spirit speaks of supernatural spiritual birth. Jesus says that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said to you, you must be born again. What does Jesus mean? He means you and I have to be twice born. We have to be born into this world in order to be born again. And then Jesus said the wind blows where it lists and you hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it came from. Or whether it goes, so is everyone that's born of the Spirit. You can see the wind in the trees, but you can't see the wind. See, we're talking about something that is spiritual. Hallelujah. And then verse 9 says, And Jesus answered, I mean, Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? How can these things be? Well, I'm going to tell you how they can be. I was born into a Christian home. My daddy was Sunday school superintendent, elder of the church. I was in church every Sunday. I remember as a preschooler holding my daddy's hand when he was walking down the, the hall of the Sunday school annex and, and checking on every teacher that in, in the Sunday school classes to make sure that they had everything they need and everything was in order. I had a daddy that loved Jesus. I had a daddy that would teach me how to live right and how to walk right. I had a daddy that would help me and pray with me the Lord's Prayer and commit the 23rd Psalm to memory and pray for me every night, tuck me into bed and whistle me to sleep. I had a daddy that lived a Christian life in church and out of church. But there's one thing daddy didn't teach me before he passed away, and that was how to be born again. I didn't know what that word meant. Daddy died when I was nine years old, and the following year, uh, my mother moved us down to Florida. My grandma, my grandpa, my two brothers, my older brother, actually my two older brothers and my younger brother. And we walked around, we shopped around, we went to different churches. We went to Methodist Church, Presbyterian Church, finally settled on a Baptist church. 
that was uh, in our neighborhood where we lived. And mom said, we're going down to join the church. We're going to join the church. And I didn't know what that meant. So the following Sunday after the service was over during the invitation, we all walked down to the front of the church, sat on the front pew, answered the call to the invitation. And the pastor, he talked to my mother and then he talked to my younger uh, brother. And then he came to me and he asked me, do you believe that Jesus is your savior? And I, I, I said, yes. How in the world do I know? I didn't have any idea what that meant. I didn't know Jesus. He handed me a decision card and I filled the thing out. And the following Sunday, we were baptized in water, became members of the church. But that pastor never took the time to show me and to teach me what it what it means to be born again. And so I struggled with uh, being a Christian. I wanted, I wanted to do that. I wanted to be right with God. I really did in my heart, but I didn't know how to. I didn't have the power to. See, what I got a dose of that Sunday was I got a good dose of religion, but I was not born again. And I tried to do all the things that I mentioned earlier. I tried church membership. I tried water baptism. I tried being religious. I tried going to church. I tried praying and reading my Bible. I tried to be a good person and failed every time. And so finally, when I got into my teenage years, I just I, I threw it off. I said, I can't do this anymore. And so for the next five years, I just started living and doing what I wanted to do. Totally selfish life. Got into things that I shouldn't have gotten into. But all the time my heart was crying out for truth. I didn't know what truth was. I didn't know how to find truth. I didn't think it was in church. Because of my past experience. That's why I'm telling you in this broadcast that if you do, if all you have is church membership, uh, you cannot survive and you're not prepared for eternity. There's only one person that can prepare you and I for eternity, and that's Jesus. And so we went, I went along living the way I wanted to live. I got into things I shouldn't have gotten into. But I met a young lady. And there was something different about her. I didn't really know. And I really hadn't been around any person like her. There was something about her. She had something I didn't have. And I remember we were coming home from a date and, and I pulled up in front of the, her mama's house. I was going to let her out. We were going to go in and just, you know, talk for a little bit before I, I left and I turned around and looked at her and I saw these beams of light coming out of her. That was supernatural. That was God moving heaven and earth to get to me. And I said it and I didn't even think about it. And I, This just came out of my mouth. I don't know what it is you have, but whatever it is, I want it and I'm going to get it. I didn't know what that meant. 
I was prophesying. Actually, I was prophesying. Didn't even know what I was talking about. But a few months later, I found it on a Wednesday night. That, that, that girl became my wife. And we started dating. And she had a revival meeting at her church. And I showed up one Wednesday night. High on dope. And uh, found everything quite amusing up until the preacher put down his guitar and started preaching the gospel. And the Holy Spirit got hold of me. And I struggled in that back pew. I did not want to go down there. There was a resistance there. I didn't want to give up my life. I had to make a decision. Well, it's either keep my life and continue the way I'm going, which I'm, I'm just not satisfied with. Or it's to give Jesus Christ a chance. Give him an opportunity to do something with me. And so I got up and walked down to the altar. And I think I was the only one at that altar on that night. And everybody surrounding me, praying quietly for me. But I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't even know what to pray. Didn't know how to pray. I needed help. But none of those men were willing to help me. The pastor was sitting up on the podium along with the evangelist. They were just sitting down there watching me, looking at me. I had no idea what to do. Nobody was telling me how to be born again. So finally, towards the end of the service, it was around 930. Service started breaking up. I got up out of the altar and. And uh, my future wife, she ran down and well, I mean, walked down and, and uh, was real happy for me. And I told her, I says, I'm God did not save me. I don't know why, but he didn't save me. And so she went home uh, to her mama's house and I went out to my car and was, I was sitting behind the steering wheel and watching the people file out of the church. And I just I just said out of my mouth, I just said, Lord, why didn't you save me? Why didn't you save me? And I heard a voice from behind me. That voice was so real, I thought somebody was sitting in the back seat, but there was nobody there. And that voice said, just believe, just believe. And I threw my hands up. And I says, Lord, I believe. I believe, Jesus. I believe you're my Savior. And when I said that, the heavens opened up. And God's Spirit, His life came rushing down on me, into me. And I knew at that very moment, radical change took place in just a moment of time. And I knew at that very moment that I was saved. I knew at that very moment that I was a changed person. Notice it was, it was without religion. It was without confirmation. It was without church membership. It was without water baptism. It was out without any of the sacraments. Jesus made me a brand new person inside. And why did he do that? Well, just because I asked him to come in, I was willing to 
yield to him. I desired him. I wanted him. I wanted to change life. And I was willing to reach out to him in faith and in repentance. And he came in. Now, Jesus says this to the churches. He's talking to the church when he said this. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he will sup with me. Jesus wants to save religious folk. As much as he wants to save the, the sinner, the one that is just in total and, and utter destruction because of sin, Jesus wants to save the sinner, the outcast, the person who's never, never opened up the Bible, who has never gone to a church service. Jesus wants to save that person. But he also wants to save the one that's trying to be good. One that's joined the church, been baptized in water, but has never really received Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Has never become what the Bible talks about being born again, becoming a brand new person inside. And this is who Jesus is talking to. He's talking to a religious person that knew the Old Testament. That prayed every day. That read and taught from the scriptures. That raised up disciples. And did, and did many commendable works. But none of those things can, could save him. And what is so sad about this this entire episode in the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus is Nicodemus thought he was, but he was not. But after his encounter with Jesus, he became one. And so, Jesus, so Nicodemus in verse 9 says, uh, how can these things be? And Paul said it this way. He says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. He cannot know them because they are spiritually discerned. Scripture tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's you. That's me. That's every person born of woman. We're all in sin. And then Paul said it this way. He says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Your sin, my sin, if it's not repented of, if it's not cleansed from us, that's our wages. That's what we're going to get paid. We're going to get paid if we die without Christ in this life. Our pay is going to be eternal torment away from the presence of God. But Paul said, but the gift of God, the gift of God, what gift are we talking about? We're talking about the gift of Jesus Christ. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
We need to make a decision. And I know I've talked to people. Some are very willing. Some are not. That burdens my heart. Because I know the reality of heaven and I know the reality of hell. And I know that if people don't turn and repent and they leave this world without Jesus, I know they're going out into eternity and they're totally unprepared for what they're going to live throughout eternity. Eternity is a long time. I was talking to one fellow. He says, man, I've been here for three and a half years. I feel like I've been in hell and I feel like it's eternity. And I says, no, sir. Eternity, you cannot, you cannot equate eternity with three and a half years. Jesus answered and said to him, are you a master in Israel and don't you know these things? This is the reason why I'm talking to you in this session. I want you to know these things. I want you to know that there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. And Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. For God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. God is not condemning you. Jesus is not condemning you. You're already condemned. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, as soon as you were born a woman, you were condemned. It was your divine destiny to die one day and to go out into eternity unprepared to meet Jesus the Savior. But here's the man, Christ, who wants to intervene in your life. He wants to grant you another destiny. And that is to live with God in peace throughout eternity. And then Jesus said, he that believes on Christ is not condemned. But he that doesn't believe in Jesus is condemned already because he does not believe in the name of the only begotten son of God. And then Jesus says this, this is the condemnation. The light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. Do you love darkness rather than light? Do you enjoy the bottle? Do you enjoy the drug? Do you enjoy the sex? Do you enjoy the things of this world? That's darkness, my friend. That's not light. That's darkness. For everyone that does evil hates the light, does not come to the light, lest his deed should be reproved. I'm telling you today, and I'm asking the Holy Spirit, if you're within the sound of this broadcast, and you haven't asked Christ to come into your heart and life, I'm asking for the Holy Spirit to reprove you of your sin to the point to where you're willing to give it up. I'm telling you, friend, that's a dead end. A life of sin is a dead end. Accept the gift today. Accept the gift of Christ today. Ask Christ to come into your heart and life. By faith, just reach out with your heart and say, Jesus, I believe. 
I believe you're my Savior. Come into my heart and life. He'll do that. He'll come in. He'll come in. Be born again today. Be born from death to life. Life as God has it. You'll never be disappointed. Doesn't mean you'll never have a problem again, but I guarantee you, you'll have somebody that'll help you through your problems. And his name is Jesus. Father, we come to you now in the name of your son. Lord, and I pray for everyone within the sound of this broadcast. That, Father, if they haven't made Jesus Christ their Savior and Lord, that they'll pray the sinner's prayer and ask him by faith to come into their heart and life. Father, and we'll give you all the glory for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.